Hey, welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. Well, what a year we've had. What a year we've had. It's been, well, I think since March of last year that we have been under this tyranny, under whatever this has become. But what COVID has done to us has been maniacal. It has been off the charts ridiculous. It has been detrimental. But it's also been an incredible teacher. So let's go to the first five things. We're going to do uh, a few of those today. So these are the five things that the COVID panic taught us. Now, the panic is when this whole thing began and the initial lockdown for 14 days that, you know, obviously never ended and uh, continues to keep our lives under the thumb of the government. So first, COVID was established by the majority. So what is the majority? Well, the majority established a failing economy to fuel their agenda. So here, folks, what we have is a new majority. I often remarked uh, during the last election cycle that we really are not a two-party uh, system any longer. We just are not. It's either all completely radicalized uh, you know, Democrats because what they're doing is that they're actually shutting out Democrats that are pro-life or, uh, you know, pro-constitution, things like that. Uh, it, it nearly completely burnt down the Republican Party. And I think for all intents and purposes, it kind of did because it really showed who these people truly are. Uh, you know, people like Mitch McConnell and the rest of the swamp. You know, we see you. You know, now we really see you. Uh, number two, COVID taught us how to vote. Well, you know, most of us back in my day, you got to vote on, well, you know, election day. And uh, your place of employment uh, was forced to allow you to go do that. It is your, you know, constitutional right to go vote. And that was the end of it. Now it's changed to so many different things. It's you know, early voting, it's, you know, uh, mail-in voting, it's this, it's that. And what they did, particularly here in Ohio, and I know they did, I think, pretty much everywhere else, is that they changed the rules when primaries came up and said, oh, well, we can't have you go out and vote. I mean, my goodness, you may infect people even though you're not sick. So we have to make sure that, you know, you can't be someplace public. And it was fought for and fought for and fought for. And I'm not against mail-in voting. What I am against is how it's done. And so, and I think that you, sh you can agree, I'm sure you could agree with me, but that, you know, at least um, uh, your basic information should match what they have on file, things like that. It shouldn't have to be um, so broad that anyone could go and vote in your place, which is essentially what happened. And big tech manipulation caused so much of this because of the vote, because of the elections. I, I, I believe it fueled the Capitol breach, all because of voter fraud and election manipulation. So uh, anyway, we'll get to voting later. 
Um, COVID taught us that this pandemic, this thing that they created, the new majority, which, by the way, the new majority also includes even my governor, who was supposed to be a Republican. <laughs> anyway, me complaining about that is not going to change it. Uh, anyway, it's just an exercise. This pandemic, I don't think this pandemic way of thinking and doing things is ever going to go away. I think it's just going to go in different fluctuations of times. But they are always going to have this here. We are never going to be out of this. I just don't foresee that happening. Otherwise, this wouldn't have lasted a year. So even though some of these states are opening up and all this other stuff, what's happening is this pandemic mentality is continuing with big box stores and, and other merchants who are saying, oh, but we still think you should mask up and do all these other things. When in reality, now that they're a private business saying that you have to wear a certain item in order to come in and, and, and uh, uh, shop is breaking a bunch of laws, including the Disability Act, including many other things. And because it's not federally mandated any longer or uh, state mandated or whatever it is that they use to, to make this fake thing come along, is um, uh, force you to wear a medical device when you are not sick. So just kind of keep that in mind. All right, number four and what the COVID panic taught us is that it taught us that Democrats love a suffering economy. Suffering. You saw what it did. I mean, there's people on the streets more than ever. Now they're not homeless any longer. Now they're just unsheltered. So they're even manipulating that thought process with all of us, with people who have been affected by this. And don't get me wrong, not everybody's out on the street. I realize that. But, you know, with all this rent forgiveness and, um, and, and all this other stuff going on with that, you know, the people who hold the mortgages to the places that you rent, and if they default because you don't pay them, then nobody has a place to live. So we're really just in this constant revolving door about things like that and, and your job. And for a lot of us, I know that I grew up this way. We didn't grow up with a bunch of people in my family who were um, career-minded people. We were just trying to survive, you know. And so in order to survive, you just take jobs. You're not, you know, you're hoping for careers. You would love to see something blossom. And a lot of times it doesn't. You're just working to pay bills. And what the, what the economy did because of this panic was shut down a person's ability to go and work at merchants. People like, uh, unless you were, you know, called essential, don't get me wrong. If you're essential, like Dollar General across the street from me, well, then you can have your job under certain circumstances. Um, after a while, you could work in restaurants. And don't get me started on restaurants because with all this stuff with the, you know, we're all, you know, sanitizing this and sanitizing that. Let me help you understand something about restaurants because I worked in them for 10 years. Sanitation is not their strong suit. Even though they're supposed to get um, checked by the state from time to time, just to let you know, this is not a bad thing for restaurants, even though I don't agree with all those ultra sanit sanitation of everything, because now if you catch a cold, like, I caught sinusitis, <coughs> excuse me, from uh, allergies. I'm into two weeks now, you know, and it's because we're just not around anybody anymore. Everything's sanitized within an inch of its life. <laughs> anyway, let me go on to number five. COVID taught us to pay what? 
attention. And it did at first. People were really paying attention to this and seeing that their freedoms are being taken away and that they're being shut down and locked down and told what to do. But as we have seen throughout the rest of the year, now they're just resting on this new normal and we'll just, you know, take the hits as they come and do what we got to do and just move on instead of saying, no, it is time to stop. Obviously, the new majority is getting their way. But for extra credit for this top five of the things that the COVID panic taught us was that abortion is untouchable. The abortion lobby cannot be moved. Not even this pandemic they thought was just going to kill everybody. I mean, really? So what do they do? They said abortion is an essential business because they want to call it healthcare. And I think we all know that healthcare is not supposed to kill people. I think we can agree on that. So here we are. Abortion is allowed to stay open. Uh, you can't just go uh, and shop wherever and whenever you want to and do the things that you normally did. And if you remember correctly, at the beginning of this panic, you weren't even allowed to go to public parks. You could not congregate outside for any reason. And in some states, they forced you to wear masks, even if you were outside getting exercise, walking, biking, things like that. But abortion was unstoppable. And the mill close to me had an outbreak of COVID. An abortionist was affected and they never shut it down. And to the very best of my knowledge, never sanitized it. And so it was open regardless. It went on to the next business day. And there you have it. Next, we have the five things that the pandemic taught us. I just wonder, is this even really a pandemic? I just really think truly, as I said in the last five, that um, this, is, this is an exercise. We have just been taught what to do during a panic. So the new majority is in it to win it. They are not your friend and you will be manipulated. Your new normals will just continue. There'll be a next one. There'll be one after that and one after that. I mean, this is affecting everything. It's, it's, it's because building has been shut down. You can't hardly find houses to buy. There is no inventory because they can't build cars all of a sudden, the used car business exploded and you can't hardly buy used cars for a reasonable price because it's gone through the roof because there is what? No inventory. Thank you, new normal. <laughs> Number two of the things the pandemic taught us is that big tech holds what? The leash to all of the handlers. And big tech is something that every one of us deals with every day if you deal with social media for any reason. And really, even Google, just basically just, you know, going on the Internet right now, you are affected by big tech and what they want you to see and hear. They are banning and deplatforming people who have a difference of opinion. Even though this is, well, still America. This is still the land of the free, we thought, still has a constitution in place, but still big tech is allowed to tell you 
what you need to know, according to them, and who was yanking the leash. Censoring conservatives, private citizens, all to encompass this new normal, this new majority, and the so-called pandemic. And so number three of the things a pandemic taught us is a very interesting thing. And I encourage you to please go to the YouTube channel of Russell Brand. He has been on top of the Great Reset. This is a global thing. This isn't just about here. It's affecting us, obviously, because billionaires are still billionaires. And, the, and he will tell you exactly how these people are congregating in Europe and are trying to create this great reset. Do you know that billionaires had doubled their money during this pandemic? I don't think that's a coincidence. Not at all. And this pandemic was obviously global, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, this is not just here or in one state or another. This is all over the world that they tried to do this. And too many um, uh, usual actors are involved in this, like Bill Gates, you know, buying up farmland to, to get to groundwater. And he wants people to eat fake meat. And he wants to uh, uh, vaccinate people all over the world for population control. All of this is not a coincidence. It was the timing that's impeccable, which I will get to in a few minutes. So number four in the five things a pandemic taught us is voter and election manipulation fraud. Unreal. Now, here's the thing. It's already happened the election happened. Joe really thought he got 80 some million votes. It's just not possible. It is ridiculous to even think of such a thing. I don't think he could have been up against Mickey Mouse instead of Donald Trump. And he still would have lost in a regular election because he's that bad. And everybody saw what was going on. And all the usual actors were, were being regurgitated from the Obama administration who destroyed this country for eight years. And so here he is. Now he's like some kind of savior, which is just hilarious, not even close to true. It can't possibly be true. It just cannot be possible. But here's the thing, as I was alluding to, is that even though it's now been recognized that there has been voter fraud and manipulation, is that, oh, well, they're trying to address it now in bits and pieces, but it really kind of doesn't matter right now, does it? Now, it's going to matter during the primaries and the next big election in 24. But will it matter by then? Are they going to do this, get it over with, and, and find it out and do what they have to do to fix this by then? I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you. I am hopeful, but definitely holding your breath too long is just going to make you pass out and die. So we need to do things and, and be attentive to this. And then the uh, fifth thing, my personal favorite of the things the pandemic taught us was being canceled. <laughs> All of the usual actors of the new majority, big tech, all of that are going to continue to manipulate the truth to shut you up. Not just the big guys like they try to shut Michael and Dell and people like that 
trying to shut them down. Oh, no, no, no. It's about me and you. It's about keeping you from having your opinion publicly. It was obvious during uh, this whole thing in January, most of us were shut down from even commenting, liking, or doing anything on Facebook. A lot of it, I mean, we lost tons of followers and uh, shadow banned, all of that. But some people were just downright canceled for a period of time or are still canceled right now and have had to move on to different platforms because they speak a message that the new majority does not want you to hear. You can't have a simple opinion about anything if you are a conservative. They're watching all of us. And really, they're watching not just conservatives. I really should broaden that up a little bit. It really is anyone who says something against whatever it is that they are purporting to you. So just keep that in mind. And this is why I say during this time, do things to make your voice out loud. So much of this is free. Most social media, even the conservative, even, you know, big tech Facebook, it's all free. Blogging is free. Podcasting is free. Keep your voice heard. So we're going to go to now the, the five, I guess, kind of results or the results that we're looking for with the panic and the pandemic. First of all, I know, uh, some people are just going to go, here they go again, these goofy conservatives. But it is about global power. Why do you think this whole thing is happening with China and Russia in the U.S.? Why does it always change when there's someone new in office? This big reset, the Great Reset, is really happening and, and is trying to happen all over the world, but really here because we have so many resources here in the U.S. We have farms, we have, we have, um, we have oil, we have gas, we have coal, we have, you know, wind to push the turbines, we have everything here, and they want it. And, and because we're not overpopulated, you know, that makes it even better. So they are eyeing the US. And the new majority knows this. Number two, freedom loss. And that goes also with how you buy and how you sell, including the whole mask thing, because I hinged all that on masks. If you recall, particularly here, I know in this state, and I think really everywhere, is that federal government said and state government said, if you don't, big box merchant person like, you know, Target and Walmart and whatever, if you don't have your people telling people to wear masks and, and, and keep them out. When they do come in, if you don't police this, we will shut you down completely. How illegal was that? But, oh, wow, did everybody do it anyway? And, and why? I mean, if I was Mr. Walmart, you know, I would think, ooh, this is exactly what I want to sell everybody everything because they think they need everything right now. And instead, they buckled to the new majority because of the way that they set this whole thing up. They also set it up so that you can't sue anybody because of it. Just like with the vaccines, they set it up so that you can't sue them if you are hurt by the vaccine or die from the vaccine. Now, isn't it interesting that they had to have those laws in place right before all this, 
happen, particularly with vaccines. And as they went along, was shutting down the economy. I can't go to the store. I can't walk in and get anything at all unless I cover my face, even though I'm not sick. And so if you are wearing a mask and have been vaccinated, why are you so worried about me and other people like me? You are protected, don't you think? At least that's what they want you to think. I prefer to not be told what to do by people who don't have a dog in the fight for me. Number three of the five results or resulting factors of a COVID panic and pandemic is shutting down the biblical church. You see what they've been doing in uh, Canada. They've already shut this pastor down from Edmonton because he was preaching something They told him they don't want him to preach, but he's preaching a biblical message. There was no targeting or meanness or anything like that. It's what the Bible says. And so the problem with the new majority is that they don't like just the Bible and what it says and what God says and what Jesus said. What they care about is protecting protected classes. And for that, I'll tell you the same thing that all of you pro boards tell us about abortion. If you don't want to, you don't like abortion, don't have one. Really? Okay. Well, if you don't like the biblical message in this particular church, instead of the other five crappy ones you could have gone to, don't go to it. Put your hands over your ears and don't listen. Never go in that place again. Why would you? Instead, you want to be the new majority rather than giving people freedom of speech. And if you think that's only going to happen north of the border, I have news for you. That's going to happen that's going to happen everywhere because the Equality Act is going to push it to where everybody but Bible believing Christians will be the majority and will be able to shut us down even in our places of worship. We will have to go back to the Book of Acts church the way it began. And the way it probably should have stayed, in my opinion. Because now it's become big and ugly when it was supposed to be small and beautiful and tend to the flock and help people who needed it. And to continue to gather and to always keep things for those in need. That's what the church was for. And I'm, it just, it angers me being a minister to see how this is going with the church. Because as we saw during the panic and then the pandemic, is that one of the first things they said, oh, church, you're not essential. You need to shut down. But, you know, that abortion business, they're just full-blown running like crazy with scissors right now. But you, the church, you may not. So keep that in mind. When you regard the things of the panic and the pandemic itself and the timing of all this is to shut the church down. It is with utter reluctance that they're trying to open it up a little at a time. And thank God for the pastors who stood up and said, no, I don't care if I get arrested. Well, look, Paul and Peter and the apostles in the book of Acts Church, they were arrested. They were in prison. They were shackled to guards. They were beaten and scourged. 
for Jesus. So, let me go on to number four, because I could preach on that a long time. And number four of the five resulting factors that happen with the pandemic and the panic is energy. Energy has been an interesting thing. What did Mr. Biden do? One of the first things he did was shut down the pipeline. We don't need our stinking crude oil. We're going to buy it from people who hate us. That makes sense. What? What? <laughs> And so, and coal, Here, here's another interesting thing. So I saw this, um, and I'm sure you all have seen a lot of the same kind of videos. Uh, people who have electric cars. Oh, cool. Get your electric car and plug that beast in and all that kind of stuff. And so someone asked this woman who's all pro-electric car, electric, electric, electric. So well, what are you plugging your car into right now? Well, the electricity in this building. Oh, okay. And how do you think they're getting their electricity? And after a couple of minutes, she finally had to say out loud, coal. Good old American coal gives us electricity because we cannot survive on only solar wind. That was proven in Texas during the ice storm. They shut down nearly immediately because it couldn't withstand it. We have to have our own oil and our own coal in order to survive and to do it well and to do it cheap. We have to have that. But that was one of the big things that they tried to shut down as soon as he was in office. And, you know, obviously everything has to do with the pandemic. Literally everything has to do with the pandemic, according to resident Biden. So, and then ultimately, ultimately the, the fifth result, uh, and, and I actually have a couple of more here to go as well, is that the pandemic worked. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, and it's not going away. It will just ebb and flow. We're going to have pandemic forever because we've been conditioned to deal with it. So the timing of the pandemic was in, or not in, sorry, M. Packable. It was incredible. It was amazing to see just how all of this just fell all together. So first, COVID established during flu season, was established, I'm sorry, during the flu season and election year. Why do you think there is no more flu? Because somehow they are, the, the results of COVID are being, I don't know, I, I guess they're like cross- resulted in some kind of weird way. I don't know. But all I know is that there is still flu out there. They're just calling it COVID. And there's been way too many articles saying that I am correct in this. Number two, the mandates super, are superseding law in the Constitution during an election year. Mandates aren't laws at all. And it is not supposed to supersede your rights, constitutional rights. But you've been conditioned to believe that they can. And so you're buckling and you're allowing them to do it. So, number four, obviously this was to get Trump out of office. This whole thing since last March was to get Donald Trump out of office 
And then number five, to keep him out of office. How many times have they tried to publicly crucify this man and impeach him? It's been comical. Besides just pathetic and a, quite a bit of grandstanding by the new majority thinking that they could really touch him or the movement in which he has created. It is untouchable. They need to get that. So it has been one year. I don't foresee the pandemic going away. I don't foresee the new majority going away willingly or soon. But I do believe that God is still in control. I do believe that he loves America. And I know that he wants the church to withstand this. And I do believe that we need to get back to the Book of Acts church and in the way that we do things as Christians and as ministers and pastors. We need to take care of each other and do it in the way that the Bible set it up for us to do and to abide by that. Stand in the face of tyranny and remember that Jesus died for us and that we need to get that message out. Yes, the new majority doesn't want us to do that. But I assure you, God is going to make a way that we all still can. Well, thanks again for listening. We love you, and we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this bit of, I don't know, I don't know if it's even entertainment anymore, or <laughs> because it's just been so, I mean, science fiction can't come close to what's happened in this last year. You can't. But uh, we need to make sure that our voices are out loud and proud. We need to be out there, not just um, for our majority, but for the Lord. He expects us to continue to go into all the world and preach the gospel as it is written, not interpreted. I had to throw that in there. Thanks again. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. I am Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer.